Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. I'm Derek Morris. And I'm Anthony Kent. And whether you're a pastor or a local leader in your church, we're delighted that you've joined us today for Ministry in Motion. Derek, tell us about today's program. Well, I'm excited. This is fundamental for, for effective ministry, and, and that is the topic of effective communication. And our guest, uh, Cliff Goldstein, is a person with a broad experience in communication, so I know this program will will be really helpful. You're right. Cliff is well known as a writer, uh, an editor, and also as a speaker. So uh, communication is is certainly part of him. Yeah, and I think the the thing that is almost contagious is the passion that uh, Cliff has for effective communication. And we're going to talk about some principles that will really help uh, our Ministry of Motion viewers. Looking forward to it, Derek. And we're glad that you've joined us today. This is an important topic. I'm looking forward to the interview with Cliff Goldstein as we talk about how you can be even more effective in your communication of the good news about Jesus. It could bless your interpersonal relationships as well. So a vital topic. We're glad you're with us. We hope you'll stay tuned for Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, effective communication. Our guest, Cliff Goldstein. Cliff, hey, it's good to have you here. Glad to be here. And this is a vital topic, and you're a passionate communicator. I'd love to read your writing, hear you talk. Uh, let's, let's talk about where did that come from in your own life? Where did you find that passion to be an effective communicator? Well, I don't know. I think maybe ever since I was a little kid, I remember my father always used to talk about how excited I would get about things. Whatever it was, I would, you know. And if, if, I think one of the crucial things with communication, and I think you have to believe in what you're communicating. You have to really have a passion for it, believe in it. And then I think there's just something natural that comes through. It's almost like you can't, unless you're a really good actor, you can't fake it. And I think it comes through. So I think whatever communication skills you, you have, I think someone once said there's no substitute for enthusiasm. Mm. And if you truly believe in what you're communicating, believe in what you're talking about, I think um, I would say true belief can cover a multitude of sins, so to speak. Well, we'll okay. talk about the ways in which perhaps some people uh, restrict that effective communication sure. and it seems very stifled or lifeless but for you uh, you started you started writing you were just a teenager yeah. when you started writing well I guess you know when you're in school you have your you know certain things you're interested in and I was always a good English major wasn't very good in anything else but I like to read I loved books I read a lot of books I've got writers and editors and my family that go back for generations and so Pretty much by the time I was young, I knew I was going to be a writer. And apparently I had a gift for it. I did well in, in school with it. And so I just wrote and wrote. I often tell people that uh, you really, in the end, nobody can teach you how to write. You teach yourself hmm. how to do it by just doing it. Now, if you have somebody who's got more experience, who knows a bit about what they're doing, they can look at your work. They can give you advice and so on. And ideally, it would be good advice, though. I remember once I had a creative writing teacher 
And he once said something in class that I disagreed with. And then when I caught him on it, I think he realized I was right. And he said something to the effect of, well, nobody says you have to believe anything I say. Well, come on, this was college. I was paying, I don't remember what I was paying per credit <laughs> hour. I wanted to, you know, but uh, the point though is in this field, in writing, it's, it's an art, it's a craft. It's not so much, a, it's not like math. And so there is a certain, well, just certain subjectivity. Well, there's a great deal of subjectivity to it, but uh, in the end, you, uh, you have to believe in what you're, you have to have a gift for it and then believe in what you're, what you're doing. And then you will, with writing, you ultimately teach yourself. Now, there was a significant turn in your yeah. writing experience oh, because yeah. originally you were pretty much uh, writing as a yeah. secular writer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, that's a whole long story. You don't have to get into that right now. But I, you know, I was, when I was in my early 20s, my life was good writing fiction. Nothing mattered to me. I just wrote and wrote and read. And unfortunately, the writing, the, the book had be, I was working on, a novel, it became my god. And even though I spent a lot of time writing, I ended up having to destroy this book, burnt this book, gave my heart to Christ. And, I, and for about two years, I, almost did no, I did almost no writing at all. And I had died to it, even though I had no idea what I was going to do with my life, because writing was the only thing I was interested in, was really the only thing I had any kind of gift for, only thing I really poured myself into, and I had to give it up. So I died to it. Then one day, the Lord opened the door. I got back to doing it, and I've been pretty much doing it ever since. And the more I do it, the more I work at it, the harder I push myself. I was talking to even some young girl this morning in the building, obviously is a very good writer, and I was telling her, you need to break out of threat. You need to do more. You need to get out and just write some articles on your own. Push yourself. Take chances. Take chances with it and expand and, and so on. And I've always done that with my writing. I've tried to take chances, push myself further, then I might think I was able to go and then see what happens. If it works out, great. If not, not. There's always the delete button. You know? And you've been working as uh, a, an editor of international journals. Sure. You're, you're now working with a, with a Bible study sure. resource. Sure. Uh, but sure. You, you brought that passion to, oh, to you, everything you're doing. Well, I really think in the end, good writing, good communication, it boils down to certain fundamental principles, regardless of what the medium that you are in. If it's disjointed, people can't follow it, it seems tepid, doesn't seem like it's real, then I don't care whether you're on a radio, whether you're preaching in front of an audience, whether you're writing, you know, whatever, whether you're doing dance and communicating through dance or whatever, it's going to come through. So, yeah, there are basic principles that, even though I don't write fiction anymore, or not much, I should say, there are certain basic principles that I try to bring into it, which I think are also very important in preaching. Same thing as well in preaching. And we're going to come to sure. some of those basic sure. principles sure. as we continue. Sure. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, people who've inspired you and might inspire some of our viewers so. uh, as great communicators. Are there any biblical models for you where you look and go, that's great. That's effective communication. Well, of course, I guess this could almost sound cliche. Jesus and the, the clearness and the simplicity of his stories, even though people might not know deep theology and so on. I mean, you knew where he was coming from. You knew what he was saying and he got right to the point. They were very. And the, and the beautiful thing about it was, was they could be very deep. 
And, you know, you can, you know, goodness, how many books have been written on the parables, you know, from every angle and so on. And yet, at the same time, very simple, simple that anybody could follow them as well. But I often tell people, too, when I especially meet people who are interested in good writing, I say, just read good writing. Just find, I, there are a lot of very good secular magazines that you could read or whatever. Just find people who you believe are good writers, do good, you know, write well, and, and just read it. And you can't help but over time imbibe of it. And especially if you take the time to look at it, you read something and think, man, that was very good. Well, then go back, why was it so good? What did they do? And if, you, if, you, if you're proactive on that, if you think about it, it can't help but affect your, your own writing and make you, or, or whatever you're going to do, your communication. So effective communication begins with a passion to communicate, having something to say. Yeah, well, that's, oh, but yeah. But then kind of you can catch, you can catch this uh, good writing, good communication as you expose yourself to it. You find people who you think are good. I hate that. There was a story one time about uh, someone told George Vanderman, because was an excellent communicator. And these ministers were watching him give a series somewhere. And then later, some minister got up and not only just, I forgot exactly how it was, but he was so miming George Vandeman that he even said something like, now you say to me, Elder Vandeman, what, you know, and, and, and of course it was somebody else's name, but he was so miming him that he, he kind of lost it. But you could take it too far, but find people who you think are good and learn from them. Yeah, and learn from them. But you have to see in the end, and this comes back to sincerity, you got to make it your own. We'll come back to that yeah, after the sure. break. You're going to learn some things, make it your own principles that can help you to be an effective communicator. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, effective communication, our guest, Cliff Goldstein. Cliff, having a passion to say something, learning from other people. Let's, right. let's talk about if, if I watch other people who communicate well or yeah. read good writing, what are some basic principles of effective communication I'll discover? Well, let me give you one example of something. I have since 19, I have a long ride in my car every day about 45 minutes each way, a little longer coming home. And in 1996, I started getting lectures from a group called the Teaching Company. Hmm. Okay, and I, it's like, cost a fair amount of money, though. You get them on sale, it's Teach 12. I'm doing a little promo for them. But they've got <laughs> philosophy, science, history, theology, though the theology stuff, I'll have to say, is pretty bad. But all that aside, but they go around the country and they get the best deemed the best college professors. Mm. I mean, it goes through quite a vetting process. Mm. And these guys come to the DC area because that's where it's located and they lecture on their topics. And I've got, literally, I have a, in my iPhone, I have about a thousand, and in my pocket here, a thousand lectures, about 500 hours wow. of these. And some are better than others, but some of them are fabulous. And when I tried to think, because I'm interested in communication, I'm, I'm a preacher, I'm a writer, and, 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 and I'm very much interested in and I'm a didactic. I've got points I'm trying to get across. I get mm -hmm. done speaking, I get done writing, I want somebody to learn something. I want them to know 
what I'm saying. Whether they agree with me or not, well, ideally, I'd like them to agree with me, but right. they're not going to know whether they agree or not unless they're clear about what I'm saying. Right. And some of these teachers are excellent. And I've noticed two or three points that I see in, in all of them that are good. The first thing is they know their topics. Okay, they just know them. That's they, basic. Yeah, they are experts, okay? And I'm not saying you have to be an expert, but just you have to know what you're talking about. As far don't go further than you know, okay? Don't go further. I like to talk about quantum physics, okay? I'm very much interested in that. But I am hardly an expert, but I can talk about it on a very superficial level, and that's fine, that's, but I won't go any further. There are other things I think I could talk, I could talk philosophy, I could talk about that a little, a little deeper, but don't go further than you know, but know what you're talking about, and these people really know what they're talking about. It's very, very obvious. Number two, you could tell they do have a passion for it. They really do, they know what they, you know, they've dedicated their life to this. Some of them, it just comes through. It's very, very clear. And third, and this is really, in my thinking, absolutely the most important point in communication. I don't care. You could have all your ducks in a row. You could have everything else. You could be eloquent. You could be handsome or beautiful. And you can have a singing, beautiful voice and, you know, and sex appeal or whatever. And everybody's interested in looking at you and so on. But if you if your thinking isn't logical, rational, and coherent, you lose them. You know, I edit this publication on this Bible study guide, and I frankly, quite frankly, it doesn't really matter to me how bad the writing is. Really, I can fix, you know, in terms of the style. If the style's not that good, I can fix it. I don't even frankly care how bad the theology is. I can fix the theology. This stuff could be edited, but what I cannot edit and what I don't edit, what I basically just throw out and start from scratch is if, the lo if, if it's not logical, if it's not coherent, if one thought doesn't flow to the other. It's almost, if you really, I've often thought a really logical sermon, and you could take this too far, it could be cold and sterile, and I, I don't want to push something too far, but it should almost work, a sermon, an article or something, almost with like a mathematical equation. One thing follows after another, and you could see, okay, you say A, and then you say B, and you see, wow, B really follows from A. Right. And then from B, you say C, and C really follows, and on and on and on. And ideally, you know, it should, I mean, now you it's can like take- It's like a journey, is it? A yeah, logical yeah, journey. Yeah, you're moving, you're moving from one thought to another, and it's just, it's deadly. It's deadly. See, one of the things too, when every now and then when I do talk to groups about writing, one of the most crucial things I say is transition, is moving from one point to another because if you're not following logically from what you're talking about one thing and then you're somewhere, huh? And you lose them, you lose them. So, so important above anything else is logical flow of thought, whether you're speaking, whether you're writing, whatever you're doing, it's this logical flow. And I'm not totally sure you can teach that to people. You can maybe help hone it in. Some people just have a gift to work logically and other people, you know, I used to edit Liberty Magazine and a lot have a lot of lawyers write for me at times. And you would often think lawyers could think logically and maybe when and they're up, some of them do. Right? Yeah, yeah, up on their feet, on their feet. But I get these articles from these lawyers and I, I couldn't follow their logic. 
I couldn't follow the reason. And as I said, it's deadly. You have to make sure that what you're writing or speaking, point A, point B. Somebody once, I heard someone say this pastor preaches a Columbus sermon. Have you ever heard that? No, I haven't. Columbus sermon. They said, Columbus didn't know where he was going when he left. Oh, no. He didn't know where he was going when serious. he was going. And he didn't know where he was when he got there. And I'll tell you, that's deadly. When you we know? get back from yeah. the break, we yeah. want to talk more about these principles. But having, being an expert, having something to say, knowing the limits of your knowledge, uh, next point was passion. And the third, logical progression. If you just took those three points and thought about effective communication, whether you're speaking or writing, it could be, move you to the next level. We'll have more insights for you right after the break with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, effective communication. Our guest, Cliff Goldstein. Cliff, always a joy to talk sure. with you. A passionate communicator. We want to talk in this last section about what are some practical things. We've talked yeah. about, you know, knowing your subject, having a passion, yeah. having logical progression. Sure. Sure. What are some to-do things yeah. a person says, I want to okay. communicate more effectively? Sure. Okay, well, I think, too, one of the first things you have to remember is so communication is not so much a science as much as it is an art. And, you know, there was a saying that great, good writers, and I'm using writing, but it could be preaching, it could be any kind of communication. Good writers have to follow all the rules. Great writers can ignore them. Okay, in other words, you've you got to be careful. And when you start giving formulas and so on, it's not formulaic per se. You, you, you've got to have an intuitive feel. There's some general general principles. There's some principles to follow, but in the end, you have to really just sort of surrender to God, hope to let the Spirit lead you, and be true to yourself. Be true to you. But at the same time, too, there's some principles that I do think you need to think about. Number one, whether you're writing or preaching, one of the first things is get a good introduction. Get something. When you write, you know, you're in a dentist's office. You're picking up, you're in the dentist, you're waiting to have somebody drill a hole in your head, you know, in your teeth or pull <laughs> your teeth out. And you're flipping through a magazine and you don't have much time and you open and you read the first paragraph. And you well, decide whether you're going to read yeah, it. Yeah, within that first paragraph, are you going to pull them in? People, nobody's got time anymore. People don't have, you know, are busy. So you read that first paragraph, you pull it in. And the same thing, I guess it's a, you have a little more of a captive audience when you're preaching a sermon, but then again, they can do, you know, they can pull out their Fall iPhones. Asleep. They can pull out their, I can be texting, you know, they, you can, you, there's a lot more distractions in the church today than there were, you know, used to be you could pick up and read the hymnal, well, you know, or, or read through your Bible, which I guess would probably be the best thing to do if you're not going to pay attention to the sermon, but, you know, I guess the best thing would be try to find a story, try to find something to pull them in, to grab their attention. Then, then this is sometimes called the magic nonfiction formula. And even though this is more for um, journalism, I just still think the principle, when I sure. preach a lot of my preaching, I don't have time to write a whole lot of sermons. Every now and then some topic will really catch me and I'll just sit there and I'll write a sermon. But a lot of times I take articles that I've written or chapters from books and so on and then turn them into a sermon. But you have something to pull them in. Right. Okay, and then that's, they call that your lead. Then you get what is called in nonfiction the slant. 
Like you pull them in and then you basically tell them what you're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Okay, you say, this is a sermon about how, you know, we are saved by faith without the deeds of the law or, or, or whatever it's going to be. And then you tell them what you're going to tell them. Okay, then you go through and then you build your case. And I said, here's where I think the logic That's is important. That's where the logic is important. One of the things I tell people with writing, and I suppose it's, see, this is a different, I can get away with a whole lot more mistakes in preaching than I can with writing. You know, you've got a little bit more leeway with writing. In some ways, I think preach, with preaching, in some ways, I think the articles I wrote, if I stood up there and preached them almost verbatim, it wouldn't work. Mm. It wouldn't work. I got to be a little more freer, a little more looser. And you want to give the... It's a different the, style. Yeah. And you want to let the... You know, you don't want to lock down the Holy Spirit. You want to be open. The Spirit can move. Touching, you move in a certain... But that logical progression yeah. is still important. Yeah. Right? It's still very important. And one of the things I tell people with writing, and I wouldn't want to put this... I guess in principle with speaking, I say there's nothing neutral in writing. Hmm. In other words... Every comma, every syllable, every word, every sentence, every paragraph, every page, if it's not adding to what you're saying, if it's not helping you get your point across, mm. then it's diluting it. Mm. Okay, it's diluting it. Now, as I said, I think this is much more important in writing I than in preaching. I think it's important in preaching, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can deviate a bit and go off and you tell a quick, funny, sometimes, you know, you're looking at the clock and you suddenly realize your sermon isn't quite long enough, you got to have a little filler in there or something. I, I'd say be careful with it, but, but you're, you're, the bottom line is you got a little more freedom with speaking. But the point is, you have your lead, you pull them in, you get your slant, you let them know what it's going to be about, and then boom, 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 you make your points, you build your case, you know, whatever, however long it takes, boom. And then you come to your ending, and a lot of times in, you'll see in fiction, I mean in nonfiction, they'll tie it up. They'll bring something back to the beginning and sort of like a nice thing to tie it up. So you've got almost an organic hole there you know like a cell has all these parts that work to make it you know alive we'll almost look at a sermon or an article or something as an organic hole and you want all the pieces to be where they belong and so on and that's why too you know I've been writing professionally for 30 some years now and I'd like to think I'm getting better, though I guess I guess the ages start getting older and then they start, the, the brain cells start dying. And uh, Though it is interesting, too, a lot of the great writers did their best stuff in, the tw in their 20s. Really? Albert Einstein did some of his, not just writers, some of his best scientific, he came up with general, with, with special relativity in his 20s. Took him eight years later to come up with general relativity, but he was still very young. Well, there's a message there for our viewers. You don't have to wait till you're old oh, to no, be an better. effective well, communicator. Well, I think one of the things is, at least with um, the scientists, is that they're younger. They haven't had as much time to get caught up into the dogma yeah. of the time they were still. And that might even work for you younger here and so on. If you, God gives you gifts, you, you flesh them out and you, you work on them and you, you try to be your own person and... Take your unique gifts and seek to develop them the best that you can. Cliff, thanks for a challenging conversation sure. about effective communication. If you've been challenged, I want to invite you to go to our website, ministryinmotion.tv. You can watch the program again. Maybe uh, suggest one of your colleagues might watch it too. And while you're there, we want to tell you about a valuable resource. If you're a pastor of a local congregation, 
you may be eligible for a complimentary subscription to Ministry, an international journal for pastors. It goes to 200 countries around the world, 80,000 leaders. Perhaps your ministry could be enhanced. So go to our website, check out the details, see if you're eligible for this complimentary subscription. If you're an elder of a local church, there's also some valuable resources at our website that can help you to be an effective communicator and effective minister in your area of ministry. Ministryinmotion.tv is our website. Again, thanks so much for joining us for Ministry in Motion today. I hope you'll be blessed as you continue to grow in your service for God. Until next time, may God richly bless you in your ministry for Him.